Welcome, Jubilee readers, to Let's Read Peter Parker the Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. The PacePot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts. One that might interest you is a podcast about hats. All right, that, that's a good idea. We could use some hats for Let's Read Spider-Man too, huh? Join Cannonball and Aunt May as they discuss overpriced hats. Listen to Some Like It Hat. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on the PaySpot Patreon Podcast Network. <laughs> well, I guess if, uh, you know, I was the Queen of England or royalty, something like that, this would be quite pertinent, uh, but perhaps not not for our podcast. I don't know. Yeah, you know, again, again, <laughs> I just read I just read the sponsor. You just I, have to... Great critical, you know, it's just important. You don't need to be critical. Put some We're emphasis just on our sponsors. These are other people's sponsors. We're being advertised on their show. I don't need to hear their criticism of our show. Their criticism is that you're critical of other people's shows. <laughs> all right, all right. What's our first book, James B? <laughs> From October of 1984, Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 95, The Dagger at the End of the Tunnel. Story and layouts by Al Milgram and inked by Jim Mooney. As a wounded black suit Spider-Man returns to his apartment with the help of the black cat, Spidey mutters something about Dagger. He drifts into slumber, and the cat decides she will look for Dagger on her own. In the Kingpin's penthouse, we see the answer, telling the Kingpin that Dagger is linked to the untamable Silvermane robot. Like a bloodhound, Robo Silvermane destroys everything in his path, in his hunt for Dagger. You know, Dagger grows weaker every time she is out of the intangible world of Cloak. Actually, she is experiencing the same effect as Silvermane. They're linked, and it's making her ill. That's really the problem. Ah, thank you, James B. Well, Cloak and Dagger cure some junkies who tip them off to a big shipment coming into the West Side Pier that night. And now... For an update on Shawshan and Flash, Harry and Liz, Aunt May and Nathan, Betty and Joe Robbie at the Bugle, and J. Jonah Jameson. James B.? Yeah, this is one page, by the way, so here we go. <laughs> Flash is still sneaking out doing something dangerous, and Shawshan knows it. Liz and Harry are expecting, but Harry's got financial troubles. Aunt May and Nathan also have financial troubles. Betty Leeds is lonely, <laughs> and Joe Robbie is unsure that he is doing a great job. Speaking of great jobs, great job to Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, being the best book, I think, of 1984. I agree, James B. A great quick one-page update for us there. Through various contacts, Black Cat, Spider-Man, and Cloak and Dagger all end up at the docks to break up the Rose's big cocaine shipment. But it's a trap laid by the Kingpin. If you remember, the Rose is working for the Kingpin. Oh, he's not too happy about it. Um, the answer is nearby analyzing the situation in Brawl to find out more answers. Uh, when Robo Silvermane shows up and gets his hands on Dagger, the answer glides down, snatches Dagger, and flies off. Yeah, we're given the reason why the Kingpin wants Dagger early in the book, but we'll talk about it more in the next book. And that next book is from November of 1984. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 96, The Final Answer. Written and drawn by Al Milgram, embellished by Jim Mooney. You know, I gotta stop here and say Al Milgram has been the one-man show for the past few books. He's written and drawn them. 
what a guy. <laughs> He's putting a lot of time in on Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man. I should go tag that guy on Twitter since we keep talking about all his work here. There you go. And he's doing a great job, too. Well, we return to the pier where the answer has recently snatched Dagger away. Robo Silvermane dove into Cloak as he teleported. And now Cloak releases him. Meanwhile, Peter is already back at his apartment, suiting up in the good old red and blue Spidey suit. The cat drops by, and although she is put off by her spider's insistence uh, in finding Dagger, she doesn't argue for fear of Spider-Man learning how she got her powers from the Kingpin. You know, we're talking about being put off. I'm a little put off that you keep calling her cat. I know that you I know this is your girl. She calls Spider-Man Spider. Yes. That's her name for him. Right. And when you paraphrase and say, you know, the cat is upset that her spider, I get that. But you call her cat all the time. Cat to me is a completely different character. She is the black cat. And I know you don't she doesn't make to be called Felicia. And you can yeah. call her cat, but I want to go on record here for all the listeners that <laughs> I don't approve of this. I'm just tolerating it, all right? So. <laughs> Fine. There's a, lot, <laughs> there's a lot of flashbacks here, Eddie, to previous books and uh, Amazing Spider-Man 258, where we learned the suit was alive yes. and Mary Jane knowing about Peter. Uh, these are things we covered a few podcasts ago. I also want to say that between Marvel Team-Up and Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, and the Amazing Spider-Man, they keep showing the same scene yes. with, you know I'm going to say, with the symbiote inside it, the, yeah. the tube. It, Go ahead. It looks kind of like Dracula, too. It's like evil-looking, staring off its side-eye. And they show a couple <laughs> panels leading up to it, and they're like, and it always says, like, it has a hunger. <laughs> so Al Milgram is like, hey, just take this photocopy and stick it in all the pages, getting all kinds of credit for that. But um you know, this book is mostly about the kingpin. It's true. And he's at his penthouse. We see the answer also there explained that Robo Silvermane is sucking the light out of Dagger and is maniacally driven to find her. Uh, the answer tells Kingpin that at full power, Dagger's light could bring his weakened wife, Vanessa, back to full health. Uh, Kingpin is enraged when Robo Silvermane breaches his defenses and tells the answer to take Dagger to the Kingpin's keep to help Vanessa. I like the Kingpin's motive here. He's driven by love more than anything, including power. I think back to the time when he had a chance to put away Spider-Man, but he didn't kill him because he loved his wife, so... I like that he's consistent with that. I love that he becomes unhinged only when he's worried about Vanessa and love is just the thing that actually drives him visibly more crazy. It's great. Yeah, um, and I know you've watched the Daredevil MCU show on Netflix, yes. at least back then, you know, and they're they're pretty true to that too. They mm-hmm. really, and I appreciate that. Well, Cloak, Spider-Man, Black Cat, and Robo Silvermane all managed to get into the Kingpin's keep. Uh, no one can stop Robo Silvermane, and the answer concludes Dagger will need some of his light if they are to defeat the uh, Bionic Silvermane. But the answer miscalculates, and Dagger sucks all the light from him, destroying him? <laughs> I think. He's not there anymore. Uh, Dagger returns Robo Silvermane's light to him returning his mind to human form so he's not just kind of this mindless robot you can see in the illustrations he's like human again black cat and spider-man can't figure out why kingpin thinks it's all their fault that vanessa his wife 
was not returned to life. They swing away from the forlorn kingpin. Uh, I am not sad to see the answer gone, James B. Nobody likes a know-it-all. <sighs> you know, it wasn't entirely clear to me if the answer knew this would happen or not. I would have preferred it better if he tried to stop Silvermane himself. And he's like, okay, I have a plan, and here's what I want to do. And But the answer has been very powerful in previous books. It just seems like a waste of a really good villain to get him accidentally drained here. I mean, again, if he's the answer, he should have known this was going to happen. Maybe he did it on purpose, but I wasn't a fan of this. I'm missing the answer already. I, I liked him. <laughs> he was very powerful. I'll give you that, James B. But I, I do want to say Ugh. that I really like... The, the, I don't like the covers of these books particularly, but I really like the inside contents of all these books. The end of this book was a little confusing for me, and it seems like the next book doesn't really pick up that book at all. Yes. And I, I could have used a like better explanation of what happens. I also had some problems with your summary in the next book, but we'll address that <laughs> as we start it. And that next book, the final book we're going to cover today of these three, is from December of 1984. Stanley presents Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 97, Hermitage by Milgram, Trimp, and Mooney. Uh, after a four-page recap of all of Spider-Man's recent predicaments, we see Timothy Quayle hauled out of his advertising agency by some shady characters. Timothy became an advertising genius by living like a monk in Nepal, but now a small-time gangster is using his talents to pull off clever heists around town. And I'm going to jump in right here, Eddie, because I see that you have a whopping two sentences left. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. I, I actually really enjoy short summaries even more than you, but you made this one super short. So I'm going to interrupt. And I wrote a whole bunch of stuff that you didn't put in here. So all right, you JSB. can, I'll do the middle and you can come back with your two sentences. All right. So be it. <laughs> so look guys, for the first four pages, Spider-Man is sitting on a billboard for Lotto Cola. And then he responds that he suddenly has the urge to drink a bottle of Lotto Cola. I thought this was going to be some magical subliminal trick. And then I thought, oh, it was just a regular billboard. But then I found out later it was a subliminal trick. That Timothy Quayle character you mentioned is that good at coming up with how to influence people. Okay. We also get a recap of the symbiote fooling the human torch so it can escape. Remember we talked about it's got a hunger and all yes, that stuff? Yes, yes. But Mr. Fantastic stops the human torch because the, the symbiote's trying to trick the human torch, which is like really deep. The Kingpin also does make an appearance in this book, which makes this book a lot more credible than I thought it was going to be. He's lamenting for his sick wife and complaining that with the loss of the answer, he is now in need of a new secret agent. Flash and Betty, who you still didn't mention either, get a whole sequence where they both give Peter the cold shoulder. And finally, Eddie, one of the researchers for the Kingpin has an idea on how to try and replicate Cloak's powers which I believe will come to fruition based on the cover of the next issue. All right, you can go back to your two sentences here after <laughs> skipping the middle of it. What I think was a really good book. Okay. Uh, Mr. Quayle's plans are clever enough to fool Spider-Man once, but not twice. Spidey catches on to the second scheme, and when he breaks up the robbery, he inspires Timothy to return and hide in plain sight as a monkish homeless man. <laughs> I should also mention, since I didn't mention all sorts of things. Uh, well, you know, James B. On that topic, I think I, th I think I thought we were going to include uh, 
book 98 next because there's more resolution I thought was going to happen after this. This seemed like a passing book to me because there's a lot of like what will happen next, perhaps. And you and I are both aware that you have read ahead. I have actually. Today. Yeah, which is which is what you which is what you do, and then I am always not ahead, and it leads to some interesting situations where I'm constantly checking things. I'm not saying I'm right all the time, but I'm like, this didn't happen yet, right. and sometimes it's because it didn't, and you're just combining two books in your head, and I understand, and that's actually pretty efficient for our podcast sometimes because we do break uh, every three. Now we're trying to yes. Get this down to uh, threes, listeners, and fours if there's an annual to make it better for everyone, we think. Based on some feedback that we received at our Let's Read Spider-Manicon, which everyone is invited to every July. And uh, we hope to see more people there next year. I, I should mention that the cat does show up in this book, too. The, uh, excuse me, black cat <laughs> shows up in this book, just to clarify for those who are very in need of it she lies about how she knows the answer where it's for the kingpin and gets really uncomfortable and just like swings away from spider-man it's like i can't tell you everything so she gets away with another book of not telling spider-man about her powers and her connection to the kingpin i i don't know how long she can do that it, it's been at least five uh spectaculars she's not told spider-man about her powers. so well he's been kind of busy True. <laughs> right? Yes. This Hermitage book, not a cover that's very appealing. If you were a kid, you saw it, you'd be like, whatever, who cares? <laughs> it does nothing to do with the story, really. But, you know, you said it's a setup book. I, I thought it was fine. I thought all these books had Peter Parker's friends in it. They all had villains in it, multiple villains. I mean, yes. Kingpin, Robo Silverman. Uh, the and, answer. And the answer, that's a three-villain pack. Cloak and Dagger, I love when there's other people in the books. Oh, yes. just... I mean, Silver, Robert Silverman is not a great villain, but lots of fun stuff. And here we had a story that looked like it was going to be a nothing story. And the reason I brought those things up in the middle is the fact that they got the symbiote involved, the fact yes. that the Kingpin's still in it, the fact that even Flash and Betty are progressing their storyline of uh, what's going on there. It just it, makes me feel better about it. Speaking of the symbiote, it's very interesting how it fools the Human Torch because it's locked in this little glass kind of chamber and it squeezes itself all to the top of the glass chamber and i this doesn't say many good things about the human torch but he's like oh my goodness it got out let me open it and look for it <laughs> right like every... like look in the cage more carefully before you open it uh johnny storm the human torch has obviously never watched any like spy tv shows and people are like help oh, i'm dying in this prison help i need water okay i'll open the door he looks like he's about to yeah. somebody you know it's always a trick Eddie, we got another uh, letter. Wow, wonderful, James B. Yeah, that's because we keep saying that same line we've said for 200 or so podcasts. And somebody, you know, people write in. So here we go. Eddie, this one's called My Favorite Podcast. Oh, wow. Flattered already. Oh. Well, you assume it's us. It could be like, they could My list favorite. all the. Let me tell you about how bad you are compared to this other. Here's podcast. the other Spider Man podcast I found, and it was. It was it was no challenge beating your <laughs> podcast. No, okay. let's let's give praise to our our listeners who okay. take the time to write in. And this is from Mia, and she says, "Hey guys, I've been listening through and catching up. I'm currently on episode 85, uh, which is around a good time in our podcast, by the it's way. True, so things we, get better. We, if she's at 85, like we're, we got her the rest of the way. This is the Spidey podcast I've been Jeez. looking for. You guys help me get through my workday as I clean the meat room at Costco every night. Wow. And it can get pretty boring. 
Thanks to both James B. and Eddie for making such a good podcast. So before you give us our long explanation, Eddie, about the meat room in Costco, I just want to say thank you, Mia, for writing in. Uh, I've said this before. When someone writes in, I get all excited, and I usually do a good job on a bunch of podcasts in a row because I feel like there's people actually listening. But Eddie... I'm not super familiar with Costco. Tell me about it. What's going on I love on Costco. It is like one of my favorite places to go. And quite sure I know that Costco is unionized workforce. Every time I ever had a student like, where should I get a job? Like, go to Costco. It's a great place. for. And Eddie, she's in your, uh, so. she's up in your area. She's in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. That's relative. It's in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say a stone's throw, but... <laughs> Uh, a large, does, large does, lake does, and many small ones. That does Michigan? Us, so. All right, Mr. I live in New England only. Does Michigan touch Wisconsin? Come on. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, no, it does. Wait, oh, really? Wait, Green Bay. Sorry, up on the UP. What am I thinking? Yeah. It does. I mean, I know that because of Green Bay and Detroit. Right. I assume I know they're near each other. Yeah, I forget. So, I forgot. Way over there on the west side of the UP, uh, they're not even Lions fans. That, that's a twelve-hour drive from where I am, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Tw- far away. In 12 hours, I could, I was going to say, how, to get through all the New England states, touching them all, I think it, you could do it in probably six, right? You just kinda I think I have done it. You can whip six. around and hit them all. So yeah. it feels weird to me. Well, thank you so much, Mia. And we appreciate you taking the time to write to us. Yeah. Eddie, if other people wanted to get on board and write to us so we could read their emails, how could they reach us? You could email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Or you could join us on Discord with the link in this podcast. And I'm James B., joined by Eddie. And remember, listeners, that Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this podcast, you may also enjoy a podcast, Eddie, about the greatest cola in the world, which is Lotto Cola. Eddie, you should listen to the Lotto Cola podcast hour every Monday at 8 p.m. I know I'm going to do it. I, I really love that podcast and Lotto Cola, and I, I think you will, too. And- Sounds very enticing. I I have a strange urge for it. Goodbye. Goodbye. The reader doesn't know what Flash is up to. I don't know. I guess I can ask you, do you already know what Flash is up to I, yet? Because you're reading ahead. That, so. No, I do not. And it, it's strangely ambiguous. It doesn't seem like it's a good thing. It, it, it seems like he's doing some something nefarious. Um, There's no way I could read that Flash keeps creeping around and she's like, I don't know what he's doing. Then I don't keep thinking, it's Fight Club. It has to be Fight Club. <laughs> just, just going out to reaffirm his masculinity. <laughs> I'm I, I, assume, the, I assume he's boxing. He is a boxer. He, you know, him and Peter Parker boxed. He lost yeah, to Peter Parker. It's true. But Did that end his career? I it, it probably embarrassed him massively. But I think it was like you know they were like oh Flash is feeling sick or something or like Peter got a lucky shot. Well, it's I don't think it's Fight Club. If it is <laughs> Fight Club, the book was inspired by this because the book came out just for the movie, so it's like late nineties and. I'm, not, I'm more intrigued by Betty being like, oh, my Ned Leeds is never here. And he's like off doing whatever all the time. I thought he was around. I haven't seen Ned Leeds in a really long time. So 
which makes me happy actually because I don't like that guy. <laughs> mm. I have because this involves Ned Leeds uh, and, and the way you feel about Ned Leeds. Let's just say, yeah, I, I have <laughs> good. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on this situation. Yeah, this is your so. vintage, so yeah, I'm not going to comment. I, I, re- I remember, I remember a little bit more about this section because I'm. These are books I used to own. Right.